Welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiot friends talk about movies, and today we discuss none of us know what the fuck we're doing. Okay, do it again, but don't sound so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Silver Screen Sips. Wow, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Come on, put on your waitressing voice. You can do it. Ew. Yeah. You the faked fuck? it for how many years? You can fake Sorry, it. Sorry, waitering. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it wasn't even calling me a waitress. I was saying, ew, why would I use my fucking customer service voice? You need to go, hi, welcome to Silver Screen Sips. Oh my gosh, hi, welcome to Silver Screen Sips. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to it. Hello, everyone. Hello, cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three friends talk about, three idiot friends talk about movies. No, I have to do that over again. <laughs> <laughs> Take three. Hello, cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiots talk about movies. And today we talk about probably. <laughs> Fuck, sorry. <laughs> Honestly, that's how I would describe this movie. That's the one. That's the play. Hello, cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiots talk about movies. And today we discuss that people used to call Big Lou Jack Black in middle school. Really? They did? I'm dead ass. Dead ass for real? Dead ass for real, no for cap. real. No, no cap. cap. No cap. Oh, no man. cap. Um, if I can, if, um, no, I should have done that earlier. Anyway, I, later I can probably put a picture of my like hair in the Discord and you guys might see it. Oh please! Can we post it on the Instagram? Sure. Oh yes. It, it might be. It might be like a yearbook photo. I don't know. I have to see if it's. If I can easily no get it. context until we'll. I'll post it now, and no one will understand until they listen to this episode. <laughs> Anyways, welcome guys to our final installment on the Matrix. Which one's this again? I confuse the names. Resurrection. Resurrection. Yes. Resurrection. Because they resurrected this franchise when they really shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, uh, get ready, because this is going to be an interesting episode. Spoiler alert, there's spoilers ahead. So you can keep listening, but you have been warned. And Lewis is going to take it away now with his big brew. My big brew of the day today is actually... So I was looking to see if I could find something to match the portadito. Um, that they feature in the scene when they're in the coffee shop, which actually mm. asked for cortados, which is a little different. But we'll get into the discussion on those two in just a moment. Um, today's drink, because I can't find something that's specifically a cortado with alcohol, um, we're going to talk about one of the various drinks that you can make with coffee liqueur. So today is El Cafecito from Lobster Bar Sea Grill in Miami Beach. This is... Miami. Miami. Ayo. 305. 305. <laughs> Dale. Uh, and then Pitbull starts blaring. Um, this is a mix of one and a half ounces of Papa's Pil Papa Pilar's dark rum, mm -hmm. half an ounce of Miami Club Cuban coffee liqueur, half an ounce of liqueur 431, a dash of simple syrup, and two dashes of bitter truth chocolate bitters. Hmm. A lot of um, chocolate. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it's very little. But uh, in a shaker, we're going to add all our ingredients, shake vigorously, and then we're going to pour it into a rocks glass with one of those nice, fancy, large ice cubes. I see here in the photo that they garnished it with some coffee beans. That's not entirely necessary. Um, Ew. <laughs> Agreed. I would honestly substitute it for some kind of like chocolate. Yeah, like a chocolate shaving or something. What's the, what's the little chocolate? Uh, oh, my God. They put it on top of like little tiny cakes. 
like like they look like straws. They're like chocolate straws. Um, like the the wait, I used to call them Pirulín in, in Venezuela, but like that's the brand name. Um, they're like chocolate sure. wafers, but like in a straw. Oh, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Those things are yeah, so I good. Like, so I would put that as a garnish. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, is that the drink? Um, that is our drink today. Uh, and I've okay. It is the closest I could get because the other option I was going to discuss is actually one of my favorites. Um, and Irish coffee. Oh, very mm, good. A bit of the Irish. Yes, excellent thing. Uh, here's the different. Here's a slight variation. Actually, there's an Irish iced coffee. Uh, I'm listening. In this <laughs> case, um, they're using two ounces of Tillamore DEW Original, which is an Irish whiskey, a teaspoon of ground espresso, two teaspoons of Demerara sugar, two teaspoons of hot water, and three ounces of cold brew coffee, and add fresh cream Ooh. to um, taste. Ooh, it has a pretty cool effect here when you add the cream. See, that one sounds better than the other one. Okay, well, we are going to rate them shortly. The instructions here, actually, this one's a little more time consuming. This one requires that you let your whiskey and your espresso, your ground espresso sit in a small bowl for 15 minutes. You're going to strain it through a coffee filter into the cocktail shaker. You're going to stir your sugar in hot water until the sugar dissolves um, and then add it to the shaker with some cold brew and some ice. You're going to shake this up and strain it into a Collins glass. You're going to top it off with some fresh cream, which is how you're getting that cool effect in the photo. Mm. Honestly, it sounds pretty, pretty refreshing. It does. An upper and a downer? Hell yeah. Only uh, I actually had an Irish coffee at a rooftop bar in New York. It was fucking freezing outside. So that was honestly the best thing ever. Mm. Okay. So I think I think I like... The second one better with the Irish whiskey, um, just because I am a fan of Irish whiskey. Uh, I'm also a big fan of iced coffee, so that's like a nice little combo. However, I do not know if I like the idea of having espresso and whiskey, just because one is going to make me sleepy and one is going to make me very awake. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, The other one, the El Capacito. Capacito. Yes. Um, don't don't sound doesn't sound as good. Um, I do like cold brew. However, uh, I do not like rum that much. And I'm also not a big Cuban coffee fan just because it's super strong. Um, I'm good. I, I will give I would give the um El Capacito maybe a, a two, one and a half. Wow. Out of five. Damn. Yeah. Maybe a two, but most likely a one and a half. And then the Irish iced coffee, solid, solid three and a half. Okay. Uh, I'll give the El Cafecito a... Damn, I don't, I don't like... I like rum, but I don't like, I don't like coffee. <laughs> uh, just chocolate bitters. Fresh cream. I'm going to give them both... You know, I'm going to give El Cafecito like a 2.5 out of 5. And then Irish uh, iced coffee like... A three out of five. Okay. Okay. It's a little um, less harsh than I was. <laughs> in terms of, uh, so I'm a huge fan of Irish coffee, whether or not they make it with ground espresso or not. Um, so I am a big pro. I'm slowly getting more accustomed to iced coffee as well. Um, so I'm going to actually give this a, I'm going to give the Irish iced coffee a, I'm, I'm really torn. I want to say a 3.75, honestly, because I almost want to give it a four, but it's not quite there for me. Um, as far as it goes for the cafecito, I think out of the, I'm not really a rum person anymore, but I think I'd be, this would be like one of those things I'd be willing to try at, you know, that part, um, at Lobster Bar, the grill. 
But anyway, uh, I would actually be curious to try this like, you know, on like a like a if they offered it in more of like the on the beach, something like that. I would definitely be like interested in trying this for like one of those like nighttime nightlife vibes. Almost getting like a vacation in Miami or vacation in like Cuba kind of vibe. Hmm. Okay, I can see that. Um, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a solid three. All right. Straight mid, no cap. <laughs> Straight mid. Straight mid, no cap. Thank you, Lewis, for your <laughs> for those drinks. You're very welcome. Ah, uh, well, I suppose it's time for your pills, boys. I got some fun I ones. I love my pills. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> Boy. So I have I have, I think, some more fun ones. I feel like the last one or the, the previous ones were pretty obvious answers. Means that I'm curious to dive into them here in your minds. First question, you were presented two pills. The red pill allows you to be an extra, an extra, like a background actor in an Oscar winning movie. Or if you take the blue pill, you'll be the lead in a box office bomb. An extra in repeat that extra part. So red is an extra in an Oscar winning movie. And then so you're just background like your face is not even recognizable. Yeah. Blue is you are the lead role in a box office bomb. Fuck. I'll take this one. All right. I'm going to go with the lead in a box office bomb because there's some movies out there that like, yeah, they bombed. But damn, were they freaking great movies? For example, Mm, I think like I was going to say I need an example. Blade Runner 2049. Amazing movie. Uh, but it bombed in the box office. Annihilation is another one that bombed in the box office. Uh, Fight Club, Requiem for a Dream. Um, the Fight Club bombed? Fight Club yeah. bombed. Yeah, it didn't really? make it. It's, it's a, considered a cult classic because hmm. it didn't make its popularity until after the movie came out. Is that what cult and, classic means? Yeah, like it, it becomes famous after its release, like years after its release. Whoa, I've always wondered what that that category was. And that makes, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Wow. I, my whole world. Cult classic, I used to think actually meant um, like it had like a niche of like a certain group of people were the only ones who were really going to enjoy. Usually, I mean, usually it does, I think. Yeah. Something typically a movie or book that is popular or fashionable among a particular group of, or section of society. Oh. Right. But then it gained, it, it gained its popularity after the fact. Yeah. So I, okay. I was half right. Okay. So he will be the lead. What about you, Lewis? Uh, because my problem is the. I think we were talking about it like on one of the other episodes. But wasn't it a fact that Sean Connery starred in something else? No, that was that Bill Burr. He starred in A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which bombed and was also a terrible movie. <laughs> and then he and then he retired right after, didn't he? <laughs> then he retired. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I mean, not that not to say that that was even a good movie. It wasn't. But um, so that that would be like my concern is like I would I would feel like I would want to retire after bombing after being a lead in a bomb movie unless it was something close to what Title Fight was but or Title Fight Fight Club my goodness Title Fight Title Title Fight's a punk band don't don't worry about that um anyway so mm, I think this also speaks to like my my um one of my best friends would say it speaks to my Leo Fireside bullshit. Um, um, anyway, but it does speak to like the the whole fact that I have a a very large ego that I kind of keep under wraps. Um, yeah, I would say I would probably take the, the, the background option because I wouldn't want to be like the lead in a bomb, in a a bombing movie. Although it's, but at the same time, I, ah, yeah, I'm going to stick with the, the, the background. Now I, I, I understand where Lewis is coming from, but Isaiah did raise a great point with being a lead of a bomb, a, a box office bomb. 
Because if you think about it, just because you're a lead in a bad movie, yes, you might have trouble getting another job after that, but doesn't mean you won't. And you might have a comeback. So there's still hope. Sure. I think of people who are, are like in box office bombs, but still have good careers. Like kind of the, the people I mentioned, they're like with Scott Pilgrim versus the world, right? That's one that bombed. Well, you said Fight Club. And I mean, that has Brad Pitt in it, you know, like. Now, are you, OK, so that's OK. Jupiter <laughs> Ascending has fucking Channing Tatum in it. Like that was a box office bomb, too. That was yeah, but it's also a terrible movie. That's what I'm saying. Like the movie's awful, but it means like no one hated the actors because of it. They hated the movie. For the most part, you know. So the Wachowskis did Jupiter Ascending and Cloud Atlas, and they're both box office. And bombs. then they and then they went and wrote Resurrection. <laughs> well, actually, only one of them did, which I'll get into uh, later on in my segment. Anyway, okay. So my second one, second question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Red Pill. You have to live in a haunted house for the rest of your life, and I, I don't mean like a fun haunted house. I mean like it's a legitimately haunted. You're talking about like the Enfield haunting kind of poltergeist level. That's not a Enfield is like demon, I believe. It's it's the conjuring too, place. Yeah, that's a that's a demon. That's a demon. Oh, so that's not a haunting. <laughs> that's a possession. Okay. All right, then what's it? you gotta you gotta you gotta specify what kind of haunting. Well, I'm talking, we're talking about. like well, because that might change your answer. Okay, so we'll do we'll do two versions. One is like it's a poltergeist, which usually mm-hmm. means they don't they don't cause you deathly harm, but they can throw shit and what they usually just do it to mess with you, and like they'll throw shit. I mean, that could hurt you. On accident, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So the first version is a poltergeist, as in you have to live with it for the rest of your life, or you have to spend ten days in prison or a week. What level prison? Um. Since we're doing poltergeist, I'll just do like a regular standard prison. So minimum minimum security. Sure. Like it's not really like murderers or anything like that. It's just like druggies and whatnot usually. I will go to prison for a week. I think I can handle it. Okay. Yeah, I would do prison. I would I would come out disheveled and probably like lack of sleep, but I can probably go handle it. Living with the poltergeist for the rest of my life? No, <laughs> I, I would never get any sleep. Okay. All right. Now let me change it up a bit. You have to live with, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep the poltergeist for the rest of your life. Or you have to spend t- 10 days in maximum security. Like you're with the baddest of the bads, like Alcatraz bad. Hanging out there with Al Capone and yeah, <laughs> crap. Am I we still going? <laughs> we still going with the prison, or are we? Because if the ghost is chill, then I can be chill. All right? You like, don't have right. to live in the prison for your whole life. You just have to survive for a week. I don't think I survive for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little Isaiah. They'd be like fresh yeah, meat, fresh meat. Uh, okay, so so Isaiah's choosing the haunting. What about you? I, I'm choosing the prison. I feel like Lewis would survive in prison for a week. I feel like he would make everyone his bitch, <laughs> right? Maybe. I would try. I mean, that's the way to go. No, I mean, like, I would either make everyone my bitch or I'd be like that one guy that, like, everyone knows that they don't need, like, you know, that they, they, they can fuck with me. Oh, that's Big Lou. You don't make, you don't mess with Big Lou. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> oh, my God. That's such yeah. a prison name. Big Lou. Big Lou. Come on. Hey, yo, Big Lou. <laughs> exactly. Hey, yo, homie, go to Big Lou. Mm-hmm. Go to Big Lou when you need a, when you need a hookup, all right? He's only been there a week. Yeah, he's friends with everybody. He'll hook you up with some six, man. I'm telling you. Yo, 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 pop in three cigs, he'll get you a cell phone, all right? <laughs> uh, big Lou, he's my guy. <laughs> the, seven, the seven days end, he's like, no, no, I got a good business in here, I want to stay. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, it's been seven <laughs> days already? It's been seven days already? I've been making fucking good money, bro. Big Lou. Anyways, <sighs> okay, well, those were my questions. You guys answered them well. Mm-hmm. That concludes Thank my you. Matrix-themed questions. This is our last 
episode technically. Well, we have the grand finale episode, but I conclude my segment. Congrats. Yes. It's time. Hi. It's time. Hi. Let's learn about this movie. (laughs) When when someone comes up to me, they're like, you got to know, you know, any useless facts. This is pinnacle of useless facts. God. All right. So everybody, if, as you know, if anybody's watched a movie or like watched a trailer, you will notice that Lawrence Fishburne is absent from this movie. And, um, except for his statue. Except for his statue, yes. Uh, so he's not here anymore. He told Collider, which is a magazine phase, I know. Uh, he told them that he was not in this Matrix movie. Before the movie came out, he was getting interviewed. And they're like, hey, why are you in the new Matrix movie? He's like, no, I don't know why I'm not in there. You can you have to ask Lana Wachowski why. <laughs> I don't. He, only she has the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he was very confused on why he wasn't, return, he wasn't returning, even though they got pretty much everybody. Uh, so... That's there is a there's a bit of a lore thing going on, which I'm sure me and Lou will get into in a minute uh, as to why he's probably not in this movie. They hadn't didn't have him return, um, but we'll get that in a minute. Anyway, uh, so next thing is there was a teaser site for the original Matrix that came out. Right. It was called what is the Matrix dot com. Mm-hmm. And it came back online in October of 2021, I think, uh, before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, upon visiting the website, it would have it had its own like choose your reality section where it would present you with either a red pill or a blue pill. And every time you clicked on one of the, if, when you clicked on one of the pills, it featured exactly 2,880 unique variations of dialogue for both versions of, uh, because you eventually, because you got a teaser afterwards. Oh. So you would click the blue pill, it would give you a teaser. You give it, click the red pill, it would give you a teaser. But it had 2,880 different versions before entering the teaser because it would detect the time that you had clicked it on your computer. And then it would read out the time in the middle of the That's teaser. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If you click the red pill, it would, uh, you would get a unique dialogue uh, narration by Yaya Abdul Mateen II. And if you click the blue pill, you get one ri- written, uh, read by Neil Patrick Harris. Oh. Now, if you Google them, now, uh, if you Google, like, what, if you go into, like, what is the matrix.com now, it's not going to pop up. It's just going to give you basically, like, a matrix website to go buy the movies and stuff like that. But if you Google choose your reality, what is the matrix? There is a version of the website that still shows you those things. So if you click on I that, just did it. Yeah. If you click on the choose your reality, what is the matrix? It'll re- it'll give you that te- original teaser and it'll read your time. That's cool. Yeah, it just worked. I just did it. Very neat. I like that one. I do like the I like the lore. Yeah, interesting marketing tactics. <laughs> it makes me think of um the Blair Witch project where they had that whole fake website. Oh yeah. And everything to really like Tiger. dive into the lore. Very interesting. Okay, continue. Uh, so now, according to Lana Wachowski, her decision to bring back Neo and Trinity for a sequel was inspired by the loss of both of her parents, who died only five weeks apart, Ooh. and a close friend who had died. Uh, the writing process for her was comforting. Uh, her, she was using it to comfort herself in the face of death. Uh, she also defines Neo and Trinity as the two most important characters in her life. Mm-hmm. For Lily Wachowski, however... Uh, this sense of loss was a part of a decision that made her not want to return to the series. In her own words, she said, I didn't want, uh, I didn't want to have gone through my transition and gone through this massive appeal, upheaval in my life, the sense of loss from my mom and dad to want to go back to something I had done before. So it is, I think it was very interesting, the parallels of like how one wanted to return to the series because it was familiar and they wanted to, you know, process their emotions that way. While the other one was like, been there, done that. I don't need the process that way i need to process a different way i don't want to return to something already done Mm, mm -hmm. so interesting that the two did that and that's why so that's why there's only one of them directing this episode this uh movie 
I think that speaks very powerfully to how people uh, approach grief. Yeah, coping and everything. So, um, Sat, the new Sati, uh, which spoiler, obviously, uh, <laughs> is played by Priyanka Chopra Jones, uh, Jonas. Jonas, I don't. Oh, know. that's who that was. Yes. It's Jonas. Yes, she's she's Jonas. married to one of the Jonas brothers. Ah, okay, that explains a lot. <laughs> um, so on her very first day at her shoot, which was it took place in Berlin, she had to recite all of her lines of dialogue that she had for the film in front of the entire cast. Jesus! In order to take advantage of an authentic sunset that was happening behind her, which appeared in the movie, huh. because Lana insisted on capturing it for coverage. According to Priyanka, it the session lasted about 45 minutes. So she, yeah, she had to go through all of her lines in 45 minutes in front of the entire cast. She didn't have a rehearsal because apparently Lana Wachowski is very uh, big on not doing rehearsals and just kind of going straight into it. Mm-hmm. So she just, had to, she just had to go for it and hope for the best. Good for her. Yeah, she said it was very stressful. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I think she did it. Out of all the things in that movie, I think she actually did a good job. So Luckily, she didn't have too much... Like, yeah, she had a decent amount of dialogue, but it's not like she was like the lead, you know, she was just like a supporting character. But yeah, still a lot of lines now. So the code name for this movie was Project Ice Cream. Project Ice Cream. Yeah, I don't know why. Don't ask. I don't know. That's a, that's a bad one. Yeah. But if you Google Project Ice Cream, you'll get old casting call documents for extras in San Francisco. Uh, that's where they were filming the most of the movie. So, um, yeah. So you, if you Google Project Ice Cream, you'll get some old casting call documents from like 2018 or something. Uh, so now the song White Rabbit, which is used in the movie and in the first Matrix Resurrection trailer, which is pretty dope, by the way. Um, it was written in 1965 by uh, Grace Slick, who became a lead singer of the American rock band called Jefferson Airplanes. Never heard of it. Jefferson Airplane made its first public appearance in 1965 at the, at the opening night of a music club called The Matrix. <laughs> Interesting. There's a... There's a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> so now the motorcycle Trinity uses in the movie at the end is called a Ducati Scrambler 1100 Sports Pro. It was especially made for the movie. Which, Ducatis are such fucking beautiful why bikes. Did they, why did they make it specifically? So um, in Matrix Reloaded, she uses a Ducati in the highway chase scene. Uh-huh. So that's that was like their, they made a deal with Ducati to make the the motorcycles. And so they just brought it back. They actually made for Reloaded. There's a special Ducati, a special version of the Ducati that um for the matrix reloaded that has it has got a special engine it's got a special matrix screen it's got um the matrix reloaded on uh on the side of it and it's in the warehouse of avid motorcycle collector keanu reeves <laughs> i didn't know he did if you that. don't know obviously i just want to i just want to geek out on uh keanu reeves for a second he owns a motorcycle company called arch and it's a you they make custom motorcycles and there's a uh interview with him talk, just talking about motorcycles for like 10 minutes straight and he's just you can tell he's just very passionate about it and, he's, and he goes through about and he talks about the uh, motorcycle, um, the the Matrix Reloaded motorcycle that that he got for uh, making the movie, because um, I don't know he just really likes motorcycles. But yeah, you can for like ten thousand dollars you can get a custom made motorcycle by him and his uh, his co founder of Arch. Oh well, not bad. If you don't if you don't look if you look them up, they're freaking so cool looking. Most of the designs are actually used uh, for the three D models that are in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh really? So, yeah, so if you play the game, you can go. You can find actual Arch motorcycles. They have you actually have the Arch like thing on it and everything. Huh. So, just a side, just a few side things. <laughs> uh, uh, just to add here, just as a person, Keanu Reeves is actually really interesting. Very humble. Not even just humble, but like just it, he's had such an interesting life, mm-hmm. uh, and continues to be like a genuinely good and interesting person. Whenever you see him in like the public eye. 
you know? Yeah. So also I love one of his memes where he's like a shorty. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. So anyway. So this was the final film released simultaneously uh on HBO Max and in theaters. Uh because through the pandemic, so through twenty most of 2020, 2021, uh HBO Max had a simultaneous release what they would they would release the movies in theaters and release the movie on HBO Max if that's what their movie plan was because sometimes they would release some exclusively to theaters Warner Brothers would and some of them would just be exclusive HBO Max releases but most of them they would do side by side that leads to my next section lawsuits as there's always a lawsuit oh beautiful there's always a lawsuit I just at this point just whenever I'm looking at facts I'm just gonna look up lawsuits because I some of them are freaking funny (laughs) much like this one um Village Roadshow, which is one of the production companies that worked together with Warner Brothers to make this movie, uh, they claimed breach of contract, alleging that Warner Brothers uh, is also using device, uh, devising various schemes to deprive them of the rights of follow-up and other co-owned films, such as sequels to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Edge of Tomorrow, <laughs> and mostly to stem from the release of the movie on HBO Max and in theaters, because they said because they released it on HBO Max, it hurt the box office earnings. Therefore, it hurt mm-hmm. their profit margins. They're, and they said that, and they were gonna that they were used, They did it on purpose in order to get them to relinquish like rights to other projects. Basically, that's what they were claiming. Okay. The company uh, Village Roadshow they invested apparently four point five billion dollars in their contract. Not not just this movie. I'm talking about like the entirety of their contract because they've been pretty good friends for a number of years. Mm-hmm. So they spent a lot of they made a lot of movies together. Uh, yeah, apparently it lasted about more than twenty years. <laughs> Warner responded with, "This is a frivolous attempt by Village Roadshow to avoid their contractual commitment to participate in the arbitration that they had commenced, uh, commenced <laughs> that they had commenced against them the week prior." Uh, the studio said, "We have no doubt that this uh, that this case will resolve in Warner Brothers' favor." Basically, they had put arbitration, which if you don't know what arbitration is in law speak. It is um, basically a law argument, but outside of the court. Mm-hmm. So it's basically think of like if you were having a lawsuit, but you didn't have an actual courtroom. It's just a bunch of lawyers talking in like a, in like a meeting room. That's basically what arbitration is. So that there's no le- there's no legal like overhead or any judges like dictating stuff. That's what arbitration yeah. is. So okay. they did that with Village Roadshow, and then Re- Village Roadshow said screw you, and then they actually sued him in court. <laughs> Jesus, crazy. Yeah, and that is all my facts because we just got to talk about lawsuits all the time. <laughs> that was a shorter list than than um, the last few, I think. Yes, it was a. I could. It was very hard to find facts on this one because I, I mean, think... no one talks about it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't so even know there wouldn't... was a new one until you guys were, until like literally yeah. last episode. I was like, oh shit, we have one more episode after this. Yeah, I got excited when it was first announced. And then I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for our next segment. It's time to review the film. Is it reviewing or are we shitting it? Shitting it? No, no, shitting shitting on it. it. But um, yeah, I would like to go first, actually. So no. um, Anyway, yeah, because I'm I'm the waitress here. Okay. Oh, my God. Welcome to Silver Screen Set. (laughs) If you don't, if you don't introduce us next episode like that i'll be severely disappointed welcome to silver screen sims today we're talking about the matrix resurrections don't waste your money going to the movies hbo max if you have to watch on hbo max if you have a free hbo max yeah don't even don't even use (laughs) don't even use your account that's a waste of money yeah i use my sister's account Mm -hmm. um moving on so there are things that i'm gonna say that i actually found like were done well 
in the movie. I'm not going to say that they were actually like redeeming. I'm just saying that these were things that I felt, you know, watching it and kind of analyzing it were done well. What my initial gripe, I but I'll get to those in a minute. My, my initial gripe was when I first started watching it, because I'm just watching it and I can kind of see that they're going after like what they're... There was also an article I read after that I have to discuss in a minute. But um, one of the things that kind of bothered me when they were like in earlier in the movie was the scene where like Morpheus is coming to like, you know, meet Neo in the bathroom or whatever of his office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the first thing that like bothered me was watching how the choreography was off for the the shooting and the fight scene right after. Yeah. And it was but it was only it wasn't the entire time, but there were subtle shots where it was like, OK, that was off. That was off. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The amount of times in this movie where the lips didn't match what was going on on screen or like what, what the characters were saying happened like way too many times. See, I didn't pay enough attention to their faces because I was watching it at work. So I was mainly just listening. And then if I heard mm-hmm. gunshots and stuff, then I'd look because I was like, oh, action's happening. Right. Um, Isaiah, who played Smith? Oh, my God. It's the guy from Doctor Ham- Who. No, it's the guy from Hamilton. Is he from Hamilton? I thought he was Doctor Who. No. Who the He's hell? He's in Doctor Who. He's not in Doctor Who. <laughs> Wait, who are we talking about? Agent the guy Smith, who plays Jonathan the Groff. Jonathan Groff. Is he not? He was in Suits, I thought. Or no, no, he's from Mindhunter. What the fuck do I know? I know him from Frozen. That's it. I'm so disappointed that that's how I know him. Frozen. Yeah, Frozen, Glee, Mindhunter, and Hamilton. Yeah, I forgot he was in Hamilton. Okay, he was the king. Well, I have to rewrite some of my notes here because for some reason I thought he was Doctor Who. Why did you think he was Doctor Who? I don't know. I don't even know who I'm thinking of. That's Doctor Who. Okay, but guys, a, we, we got really segue. I know. Yeah, we got really hard segue. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Anyway, um, no, I had to think because I thought he was um, Harvey Specter in suits for a second, but he they just look similar. They're not the same person. Mm. Um, so going back. Um, yeah, like the court, it wasn't even the lips that bothered me because I didn't notice that as much. What I did notice was physically, you know, like their their hand movements, their their fighting, that kind of shit. Like I could tell a lot of the choreography was just rushed and half-assed almost yeah um and i don't know if that was intentional or it was because they didn't have the same like you know production cast they had on previous films um but that was one thing that bothered me another thing that bothered me is more specifically one of the things that actually like genuinely got me annoyed watching it and i actually had to pause the movie for a second and just like do something else for like 20 minutes was the scene of the merovingian coming back oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. and just fucking his rant his rant was just like, I, I don't even want to watch this. It's the witch kind of level. <laughs> uh, I was like, I don't even want to watch this right now. And uh, what was another thing that I could pick out specifically? Oh, fucking Niobe. Oh, yeah. yeah. She looked she looked nothing like the original character. Yeah. Absolutely nothing like the original character. She did like not even how you would picture her aging to be that age. Nothing like it. Yeah. It was so fucking like that. That threw me off so much. When we got to that, that's fair. Um, that was just a personal, like these are personal distaste that I had for like specific instances, not for the movie itself. Um, yeah, just like the way these, the some of the scripts were written, some of the cast, some of the designs, mm. just not really there. Um, as far as things that I think were actually sort of done well, uh, they definitely in the first half of the movie, not in the second half, but in the first half of the movie when they're setting up Keanu, Neo, as a you know, um, famous 
head of game design who had a severe mental break or is convinced he has a severe mental break. They he did a very good job portraying that kind of character, you know, uh, while stuck in the Matrix and while being his therapist, who they referred to as an analyst. Um, another thing that's connected to that, Neil Patrick Harris was an excellent choice yes. for that character. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna add on to that in a bit. Continue. Oh, I well, because it's gonna then it's gonna lead into my review. But oh, okay. long story short, he's the best thing out of the film. But continue. Okay, fair. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris was an excellent casting. Honestly, Groff was a pretty good casting for Smith. Yeah, uh, how did you pronounce his name? Yaya? His name is uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen II. Okay, Yaya Abdul. I'm going to shorten it for a second. Not our... <laughs> he's, just got a, he's just got a really cool name. <laughs> he does. Yaya Abdul Mateen. Um, he actually, I, I, I liked him for the role. I feel like his script, like the, the script they gave him was not. Um, was not he, ideal he did his best with what he had <laughs> absolutely and and also they did do very nice design for like the clothes he wore throughout most of the film uh, he definitely had some swag going someone really let the the costume to the tournament just said just go nuts guys <laughs> so yeah so that set about the merovingian like i i was happy to see the exiles brought back i was kind of upset how they brought the merovingian back but in either case, some of those, some of that scene, like the fighting and everything, was pretty interesting to watch. The fact that some of these characters, literally, like I know they're meant to just kind of serve as like extras or like background, and they're not really meant to like develop much. But the fact that there was absolutely no depth to the people on Bugs's ship mm-hmm. was really frustrating. There's to no me. character. Yeah. There's no character behind any of them. I think like the only guy who had like actual character development was the. Um, the operator because like he made a few comments that was about it and it wasn't even anything they did on purpose it was just because he had to be there right exactly it was, it was the operator like you know discussing bio skies and getting like super happy about it and, like the actor did a good job on that as alone but like everybody else had like zero depth to them like not even niobe um trying to talk about like um how things were after trinity and neo were gone was just no awful they were all just like all the characters were there for like exposition exactly they were just there to push the story forward exactly and that's very upsetting Mm -hmm. now here's the thing i noticed you know not only in some of the dialogue but also in this article afterwards that i read um that the intention of the wachowskis are well of lana actually because lily wasn't on this but the intention of lana was to kind of for parts of the movie point point and make fun at the idea of making sequel because they're not you know like stories never really end and so on and so forth and it's silly to kind of try and revive things that were already kind of put to rest while revolutions wasn't the best ending to the series it was an ending (laughs) it was an ending exactly like there was there was definitely some closure in some of the story so i understand that the goal lana had with this film wasn't just to kind of you know revive the matrix but it was also kind of to make some jokes here and there about trying to revive a franchise and why you shouldn't make sequels and all this other stuff and like here's what it's going to turn out to be so i think they kind of you know lana succeeded in that (laughs) but at the cost of making a like a film that would have that could have done it better Mm. you know what movie made it did it did exactly that and did it better the new screen movie the new screen movie is all about that, and they did it ten times better. So, 
it could have been done, and I feel like it kind of fell a little fat if that's what they're because th- I didn't get that from this movie. No, I think I think they were trying to do that, but it also took like because like I had to pay attention to some of the dialogue that was mentioned in certain parts of the movie because there are there is a moment where they specifically mention sequels. Um, I think when they're talking about designing the new game in the beginning, yeah. Um, that and then like the article I read afterwards because I was right when I finished the movie, I was like, "Is there a credit scene or something like that that I need to wait for?" Because I want to go to sleep. Um, and then that that article kind of dove into something that what that Lana was discussing um, regarding sequels and stuff like that. Um, I wish I could pull it up right now because I don't know where I I don't remember what it was. But in either case, I think ultimately. Some of the things they did were kind of good. Some of the mo- a majority of the movie was pretty fucking bad. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm somehow still going to rate it better than Revolution. Oh, wow! Based on based on the fact that I'm 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 criticizing it for what they were trying to do, but their delivery of what they were trying of what they aimed for was actually done better than than the lack of story and lack of. Um, and the things we discussed about revolutions, hmm. but it's not going to. So if I if I remember correctly, I think I gave revolutions like a two or a two and a half. I don't know if you guys remember. OK, either way, I'm going to give this um, a two point. Do it. <sighs> don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Do it. Two point four five. Yeah. Talking about. So this might be either rated higher or lower than revolutions in my book, but. For what they were trying to do, they did essentially reach a little bit further than Revolutions did. Because um, what I'm reading Revolutions on was less the film itself and more like the actual story. Mm. So, um, but yeah, that sums up what I had to say today. So thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay. Uh, Isaiah? <laughs> so uh, a lot of what Lou said, I agree with. I do think it's, it was... So the story focused a lot on Neo and Trinity's relationship, right? Which I felt in the original trilogy didn't get a lot of focus. It was kind of thrown in there so i did feel like that was the weakest part of the trilogy to try to make a another movie on top of that i was like either it's going to go really well because they're going to focus a lot on it or it's going to go terribly because i'm not going to care because they never brought anything of substance to it before so and then also i was very worried that they were going to try to use like nostalgia bait which a lot of movies use like oh my god remember this like especially the new jurassic park was like remember the original guys holy crap you should come see the movie because the original guy back Mm. and then literally they just are running around for no apparent reason throughout the whole movie for just because they need to be there. So, and like, and then always like callbacks to like the original movies being like, remember when we were cool? Look guys. Oh my God. Sunglasses, you know, stuff like that. I thought they were going to go that direction. Luckily they didn't like the stuff they referenced back in the original trilogy actually had merit. So that's good. The action was pretty good too, though. I still think reloaded had the best action of like the entire series. Don't like the fact that like towards the end, it just basically became like, a zombie horde that's not the matrix like matrix is about kung fu and even in the beginning when the new morpheus was training neo it was about kung fu and that's like how he brought him back into like yeah i need to get back to what needs to be done and he didn't do any of that he just kind of started just oh like half, after he learned how to do like this kung fu stuff there was no kung fu it was just straight up like me yeah, putting, putting my hand out and becoming having superpowers that was it and i was like that's not the matrix the matrix is about philosophy and cool action sequences and uh, action choreography. He all he did, and now all it was was just a CGI fest of just random zombies, yeah. and that was like that's not and and limitless control by a program. Yeah. Also, my little pet peeve was that the slow mo looked really bad, 
like the slow you guys were the pioneers of slow-mo using bullet time and then now every time there's slow-mo in this movie the bodies yeah and really i noticed that that was so it fucking looked, annoying yeah it looked really weird like how do you have such good cgi in 2003 have better cgi in slow-mo then that's and then have really wonky ones now like it didn't make any sense that's something that i added in my notes too because i was like you'd be I'm, i was surprised with you know, how far we've come in computer graphics and special effects and everything that it just looked shittier. Now, my other thing is that a lot of the fight scenes where it's just bullets flying everywhere, people tend to just stand still and not get hit. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of like GTA 5 where like guns, you know, the bullets are just flying everywhere. Like in the original trilogy, right? Like people did like move around, but when they people got shot at, they either got hit or they would move like the agents so that they were fast enough to avoid. Like, so you knew that they were purposely avoiding them. You know, I didn't even think of that, but you are 100% correct on that. That also bothers me now. Yeah, I was like, what, what why? <laughs> that made no sense. <laughs> so I just thought Bugs that was running from weird. them in the beginning. Yeah, like the whole chase scene was just them like shooting bullets. I'm like, how the hell did they manage not to hit her one time? When they're standing five feet away from each other and nobody's moving, she's not even moving, and she's somehow avoiding the boss. Yes, so they had they, everybody had worse aim than clone trooper aim. Like it was it, it was Storm. insane. <laughs> That's okay. Stormtrooper, so yeah, stormtrooper, but very true. Yeah, very true. Now, all right. So let me. It does. I think it does do a good job of trying to like mess with you on whether or not the original trilogy actually happened. Like how they're messing with Neo, being like, "Yeah, no, none of that happened. You're just having a mental break." I thought that was a very good thing to go on. And I do think it got a little too meta. I, I like the meta-ness, but I thought it got a little too meta when they were trying to talk about the video game and that Warner Brothers Warner actually Warner Brothers, and, yeah. I'll yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, the state of originality in sequels. I did think the line of, like, we need to, we call it, we're making a sequel. Now, with the words we're going for are fresh and original. And I'm like, ha, that's funny. That's where they could have ended. That's where they could have ended the meta-ness. But no, they had yeah. to go into, like, a bunch of other stuff. They have to keep going and stuff like that. And I thought that's, okay, you can, the scene's over. The overstanding is welcome. We understand the point. Oh, they're mm-hmm. cute. They're going. All right. <laughs> and this is that's one of the things that I think was was meant to add on to um, what I said earlier about the whole. Um, He's getting there. Fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was meant to add on to. No, it's, my grandpa started calling me, so I got distracted. I, um, it was meant to add on to what they were saying about like why we shouldn't make sequels because sequels are just redundant and they're going to do things like this. Um, I think that's what that's. I think that's what the intent was. It just wasn't played off like that. No, yeah, it it played off as very cringy because it yeah. just didn't. It just didn't work. Um. So and then there was a few quips. I had to. I have to mention the quips. I, I just can't do it anymore. I'm so tired, sick and tired of everybody following the Disney model, throwing quips and in, into <laughs> the tone of things that it makes sense. Like he, like the scene where uh, they're like, "Hey, Neo, can you fly?" And he goes. Huh? Nope, that's not happening. Like, cool. Yeah. Cool. You just, inter- it was a very serious and intense moment and you interrupted it with a quip. Uh, yeah, but they're out of place and unnecessary. Don't like it. Um, just, I want a movie without Or one. like the one where like he's fighting Agent Smith and he like actually hits him or whatever and he goes, not bad. And he's like, thank you. I was like, ugh, so cliche. To go, we need to talk about Agent Smith. Why is Agent Smith back? He doesn't need to be here. He did nothing in the movie other than provide like a, like a little obstacle twice that was it yeah i was confused of who the actual villain was like he was a side villain who didn't do anything and at the end of the movie just disappears because they're like we don't know what to do with them because he wasn't like they had no thought in putting him in and they were like well we can't get rid of him so he just disappears so we're just going to turn him into a barista like 
Okay. <laughs> also, we just need to talk about since we we got off tangent about quips. Um, the sturdy, <laughs> the post credit scene that thank God you missed at the end of the credits. Oh, I watched what, it. Oh, you watched it? What a shame. It's yeah. literally what made me drive down the score of this movie because I was so pissed off by the end of it. It is a 30-second scene of all the guys from the Mat- from the Matrix like video game management team, right? Talking about cat videos. Yep. What year is it? We're talking about Icon has a cheeseburger. I feel like I'm back in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it was so it felt so out of touch with like reality. That's how I felt like the new Thor movie about the screaming goats. I was like, why are we talking? What is this? What was the point? We need 30 second videos of cats. We need to design the cat tricks. I it was oh my god. I, I literally got pissed off when I walked out the movie theater because I was like, are you serious? <laughs> that that's what you're gonna end the movie on? Cat tricks? All right, whatever. So asinine. Anyway. Now one of the main things that I don't like about this movie, I know I talk about a lot. I don't like the movie. I'll get to what I do like about the movie, which Lou kind of did go over a lot of the good stuff. Um, they do a lot of thing about color theory, right? So a lot of the blue, like people, like the analyst, he's dressed in blue because he's supposed to keep you in the matrix, right? He takes blue pills, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The problem with that is that they shove it down your throat really, really hard. And they do make a joke about it, about like how he goes over the, over the top with like, you know, the blue eyes and the blue uh, glasses and stuff like that. They do make a joke about it. Now, that means they're self-aware of the fact that they gave the analyst blue jeans, blue shirt, blue eyes, blue glasses, that he's supposed to be like over the top about it. But then you have characters like Bugs or one of the other characters who wears blue glasses. Like, they should be wearing red if that's the case, if you guys were so in tune with the color theory of like saying that these things that are blue are supposed to keep you in the Matrix, red takes you out. So why are characters not that are meant to be like in the real world or taking Neo out of the Matrix wearing blue? Because they're not paying attention to that anymore. I do think the first half of this movie is probably the best half because it does a lot of like setup and oh, what's happening? Is it real? Is it not? The the action part, it, like the action scenes at that point were, were pretty marginally okay. And so it goes pretty well for the first half, especially like trying to get Neo out. And they're like, yeah, we need to like establish our, how we're going to do this and all that kind of stuff. And then like how the analyst works and, and stuff like that. Once the second half of the movie starts, it just goes downhill from there and it just doesn't work. So my rating for it is a two out of five. It is the same rating I gave uh, Matrix Revolution. However, I think this movie, so they have the same rating, but I think they're bad for different reasons. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say as well. Yeah. So I think they're just bad for different reasons. So that's why it's a two out of five. Though I, I liked what they did try to do. It didn't really work, but I did. I got to give them any for effort on it. But some of the stuff that they did try to like actually work on didn't work because they didn't pay attention to that to it themselves. So that's just a shame. That's a- all right, Beth, take it away. Just destroy it. <laughs> Put the I nail the wheel. <laughs> so it's bad. Grab my. That's her. That's her rating. There you go. I'm gonna out of start five. off with my rating. It's a one and a half for me. Out of oh five. Jesus. Yeah, okay. I'm just gonna start off there. I think that is the lowest rating I've ever heard you give. Yeah. Um. No, I think the Phantom Menace was also a one. I think didn't I say a one for one or something? <laughs> I think <laughs> so. I think you said it as a joke, but you changed it. So I agree for the most part on most of the points you guys made. I was also going to say, like, for example, I didn't think that we needed a fourth movie. I didn't even really think we needed a second or a third movie. But that's besides the point. Also, um, I understand Lewis. I know Lewis said he liked Keanu Reeves this this movie. Um, I hated him. No, no, no. I, I hated. I liked the beginning. I liked okay. when they tried to portray him as a game designer. Okay. Who is on medication because of a nervous breakdown? I liked how they did that, and and that I felt it was effective. 
that's after okay, that there. absolute garbage it's for some reason i don't know if, why but his delivery and his cadence really like triggers me like pisses me off i don't know yeah, why. I, don't, I don't know what happened there i really don't understand why he sounds like that he sounds like he's coming up with like the next word he's gonna say on the spot yeah like, he doesn't sound like he knows what he's saying and it's like yeah that I don't know why Lana filmed it like that. Yeah, you weren't like this the last three films. Like, you were okay. You weren't great at acting, but you weren't this. This looks like a literally like a student film at, like actor. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, coming up with it on the spot. Um, so that made it really hard for me to watch. Any lines, I just... It was a laughing moment for me. Like we mentioned, we all kind of agreed that the CGI in this one is not as good. Uh, somehow makes it worse. Uh, I pre- I appreciated the time and effort that went into the originals, you know, into the original movie with bullet time and everything. This one just looked weird. It just looked off. It didn't it didn't give me that same effect because it was almost too like unrealistic. You know, it was too digital. I guess is the best word I can put for that. Um, <laughs> I also as much as I didn't like. M- the new Morpheus. I did like his fashion sense. Not gonna lie. Uh, I liked his clothes. His outfits were pretty good. Straight fire. No cap. Um, for real, for real. I, I really think that one good thing to come out of this movie was Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Um, <laughs> finally found out what he did for a living, guys. Oh my god. He, he literally like the only good thing that came out of this is that I want to go rewatch the show now. Um he was I think he played the character his character very well. I haven't really gotten to see him in that kind of role before and I loved it. Um I also think that you know the big reveal that um he's kind of like the biggest villain when him and Neo are talking and stuff and and Trinity's about to get shot you know, and it's going slow-mo and he takes the apple and he puts it up and the bullet goes through the apple. That was cool. I will admit that was really neat. I liked that. I was like, oh, finally they're doing something fucking different and interesting. Like I am actually, that's when I started to actually get into the film was when that scene happened because I was like, oh, I didn't get care about the first hour and a half of the movie, to be honest. I, I had to watch it in intervals of like 20 minutes because it was just so hard for me to get through but i was like okay now we're getting somewhere um i think that that part of the movie is like he's obviously like uh, he knows he can't he's not like smith that he can he can beat him in a like hand-to-hand combat so he has to use his brain i think that's a good like change in a villain to be like yeah i know i can't beat you if you try to throw a punch at me but (laughs) i got my big brain muscle up here exactly and 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 with that scene too, like we were talking about with the slow mo, like I liked it because it almost looked like I'm gonna call him Barney. It almost looked like Barney was at different, you know, frame rates, and I really liked that. Um, also, I wrote down too. Uh, I did not like Niobe. What the fuck was that? I I also just felt like I understood there was there was a there was a story arc, but I just felt like it wasn't strong there was times where i was like oh we're at the climax now and then i looked and there was still an hour left i was like okay guess we're not and then (laughs) it came back up and then i was like oh okay so this is what the story is okay i was i just didn't i just did not enjoy it i 
Yeah, there wasn't a focus. There was too many things happening. And I, I also, I'm sorry, I didn't really care for Bugs. She just kind of was thrown in. I was like, oh, you're like the quirky, funny girl. There's no depth. Yes, there's, there was no depth in anyone other than the characters we already know. And like she was, I think Bugs is meant to be like the, the, you know, inspired by Trinity. Yeah. But well, no, that's the other girl. To the depth. That's true. No, no, I know, I know she comes over and says, like, I'm here because of Trinity, but I think Bugs was meant to be that Trinity. Yeah. Um, so one and a half for me. Um, I will add here, I realize, I'm realizing this now because I'm trying to think about it, but like, and it's not even because I watched this movie like in two parts. Because I had to like take a break one night and go to sleep and watch the next day. But um, the first half of the movie, after, pretty much after like they, they get him out, is forgettable to me. Like I kind of forget what I already what the fuck happened in the beginning. And then I, once they're like in the actual story of the movie, I'm like, what the fuck was the rest of this runtime? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. um, but well, yeah, we made it. <laughs> we made it, guys. We made it. We made it to the end of the Matrix. Yes. Next episode is our grand finale. Um, you guys know the drill going to be a little shorter than our normal episodes and a little bit different. However, we highly recommend you listen to it because we have a big announcement coming that episode. So make sure you listen to it because it's a huge uh, announcement for season four. So be ready. Also, sorry, we have cut quite a few things to note. Um, also our listeners episode is also coming up. So please email us your movie suggestions. We already have our three picked for this episode, but we always need more. So please send us more movie suggestions and we would love to rate and review them. We'll be posting a poll for which franchises you guys will be picking. And that will be getting posted. The 8th of August is when the poll will be up and you guys can cast your votes for season four. So, hey, my birthday's that week. (gasps) Wow. Amazing. I'm pretty sure I got those dates right. Happy birthday. Yes. Anyways, um, thank you for listening, everyone. And thank you for sticking through uh, with The Matrix. I never, ever will watch these films again. Okay, have a great night or day. (laughs) (laughs) I will will sign off for you guys with this. Um, This is the only rabbit hole I don't suggest you follow. This film, exactly. Good one. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. I say, I say bye. I did say bye. Bye.